What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Alina Guberman and Eamon Israfil, who are the co-founders of Rubbish. Welcome to the show, guys. How's it going? Thanks, Matt. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on and learn more about the cool stuff that you're working on. For people that haven't heard of Rubbish or don't know what you're, talk- you don't know what you're working on, can you share, like, what are you working on? Sure. Um, so our goal, our mission, is to create cleaner, healthier communities. And we are reimagining the way people deal with litter. Uh, so what we're seeing, what we, what we want to create is a world where residents, businesses, and cities all work together to decrease the problems that we're seeing on the street. And if they are problems, to resolve them quickly and effectively for everybody. So we'd love to get a glimpse into like what this looks like um kind of if i was to engage with rubbish the product to kind of what would that look like how would i use it and how are you accomplish the goal that you just kind of that you just kind of mentioned sure um so we have uh, our company creates tools to make cleaning up litter fun and easy so right now we have an app available in the ios store that can be downloaded to audit your block um so we would walk around take a picture of things you see on the street and create a map of what your neighborhood looks like. And you could do that while you want to audit or if you're picking up litter as well. Um, The one other gadget that we have is a smart litter picker-upper that looks kind of similar to a normal litter picker-upper, but we added a little bit of hardware onto it so that every single time you actually pick something up, it connects to your phone, it Bluetooths a picture, and as you're cleaning, you're actually building out those maps already. Um, Eamon, maybe you wanted to add something. Yeah, and what we're doing is exploring different ways to kind of incentivize uh, people to clean up and resolve these issues. So we're creating this marketplace where uh, people could do it, uh, could clean up litter for their own karma and own goodwill, and we provide statistics and show uh, what you've done. But we also started experimenting with giving gift cards to uh, local businesses. And ultimately what we want is to allow people and residents and uh, businesses to sponsor these neighborhood cleanups. So Uh, There's people who all over clean up uh, litter, and there's people who want their neighborhoods a little bit cleaner. So we just want to connect those two uh, people and make it fun and transparent. So I want to dive a little deeper into the details, because I actually think this is, like, extremely fascinating. I just want to make sure I, like, fully understand it. I think it's so cool that you, for the picker-upper, you kind of build some technology on it, so you can build out a map as you're picking up litter and trash are are you so can you kind of describe to me what this map 
is who uses the map is this for someone to see if they're in the neighborhood other you know places they could pick up litter can you kind of describe to me the the use of the map in this case sure um so right now the map is used as a way for us to stay informed about our personal progress kind of like a nike run keeper like i use a nike run keeper to measure how i'm doing week over week and we view the same philosophy for neighborhoods how is my block doing today? How is it doing? Is it better or worse than last week? Um, we do have functionality on the app to allow people to see each other's rubbish runs. So if Eamon and I are friends on rubbish, I can see what he, what impact he made um, and kind of what his rubbish run was today or yesterday, and they could see mine. Um, what we want is um, also people to be able to, in the future, kind of tip each other if they want uh, through rubbish to continue kind of incentivizing being a good neighbor. Yeah, and just to speak a little bit more towards like the maps and the data that we generate, um, I think it's extremely important in like solving this large issue uh, that affects all cities is to kind of make the data um, transparent and uh, usable. So we tell people that we kind of use this data and we share it uh, with the community and the local um, government. So one thing that we did uh, in 2018 when we first started is we picked up all the litter on an eight block stretch uh, and we recorded everything we picked up. And we did that for months and we, we showed how the neighborhood changed. And one of the things that we uh, wrote about is that we took all the cigarette uh, data points uh, and we used that information to put up one cigarette disposal in just the right spot. And what we found was after two weeks, um, the amount of cigarette uh, litter in that area completely dropped by 46% in just two weeks. Uh, we blogged about it. We told uh, people uh, about the success of it. And we found that the city put up uh, five to six more cigarette disposals in the same area. But uh, what we found was that without kind of like that data uh, and that precise data of uh, where to put it, what we found was that the, the five additional cigarette disposals barely made a dent uh, in comparison to uh, the one because kind of the maps that we create and the data that we gather allow us to kind of place infrastructure more effectively. And we actually, you can tell them how we know they weren't effective lane. Sorry. They yeah. literally and counted every single cigarette that we did count a lot of cigarette butts to make sure that the math on our end was correct. Um, so we have some good, we tried to do it in, in serene places. So there's good pictures of me counting like 300 cigarettes overlooking a sunset, but we found, we found joy where we could. <laughs> so obviously you're kind of explaining how much of an impact this is having, especially in these communities. But you may not have known this would have been the case when you first started, right? Like, like on day one, day two, it's like this new venture. What could this become? So I, I guess I want to, I have a question about like, why did you start, decide to start Rubbish? And like, what's the origin story of this, of this awesome company? Sure. Um, so you're right. That wasn't originally the case. But, um, and I can tell you a little bit about how it started. So Eamon and I uh, planned a weekend together. We both had consulting companies um, in different backgrounds. Eamon works in, in tech, he's a developer, and my background is in operations. But we met for a weekend, and uh, as a part of that weekend, we took my dog on a walk. And while we were walking him back in Brooklyn, um, he choked on a chicken bone. And the dog was fine, he enjoyed his chicken bone and, um, and was okay, but Eamon and I started talking about litter and about why in 2000, you know, 18 or, or 17 at the time, uh, why litter is still a problem. Like I use Uber to get a car uh, to me in an entirely different way that I did when maybe 10 years ago. I use other apps to make my life easier, but litter seems to be this constant problem that decade over decade, 
costs go up, spending goes up, but the problem is consistent throughout neighborhoods all over the world. Um, so one of the first things we did is we took a plastic bag from like my parents' apartment, put on a pair of gloves and walked around my block and pick, picked up litter. And as we were picking it up, it was um, fairly close to a park, like a neighborhood park. And it was a Saturday or Sunday morning. And what we realized is that there was a lot of litter that was, you know, maybe solo cups or Coca-Cola bottles or pizza boxes that were um, related to high school kids like hanging out in the park on a Friday or a Saturday night. So immediately within the first kind of time that we just started picking up litter ourselves, we noticed a trend and we, we realized that there are other aspects of our lives that have trends to make our lives easier, like ways. Um, we will take a different route if the trends show us something. Um, but right now we found a, a dark hole uh, once after that walk, we started kind of researching and looking into how cities and people deal with these community concerns. Um, and and we, we realized that there were trends there. So really we just haven't stopped talking about litter ever since. <laughs> And I, I kind of want to get a, a description of this, um, this, this picker upper with hardware on it. I actually can't, and like, I, I, I haven't seen one of these or used one of them, which I probably will in the future now, cause we're having this conversation, but can you like describe literally what yeah. the product looks like? You know, if someone wants to experience it or visualize it in their head, like what is rubbish if they wanted to use it to, you know, pick up trash around their town? Yeah, so I'll just give a brief intro. Lane does a better job explaining, but just to give a brief intro, we didn't intend to become, uh, to produce this hardware. What we were doing is like picking up litter uh, and like logging it along the way. Uh, but it was getting kind of annoying to pick up and, and log at the same time. So we just reached out to our friend Felipe, who's um, a mechanical engineer making drones for DARPA at the time. We're like, can you make us a litter selfie stick, essentially, something we could put our phone into. Uh, and we track everything. Um, and that's kind of the un unintentional um, uh, genesis of the rubbish beam. But Lane, you could explain a little bit more how it works. Yeah, and then um, that, that's all true. Um, so the way it looks and the way um, you use it is, is um, a normal picker-upper is just a long plastic stick that has a handle on one side and like a claw on the other side. And you walk around and every single time you grip the handle, um, it triggers the claw to kind of close its claws and grip whatever you need. Um, and that's how the majority of them function in the market now. What we did is in the middle of it, attached uh, a piece of hardware that every single time that causes that grip. So your functionality doesn't actually change. You're still using this claw just like a normal claw. But every single time you actually press that trigger for the claw to clasp, um, a data point is captured. So it, your phone actually attaches to the, the gripper so that when the claw um, closes, a picture is taken at that moment and a GPS point is taken at that moment. So you start to create this, um, this map and the schematic of, of your impact. Yep, and one of the most important parts of the whole thing is that we put LED lights uh, on it and put a bright logo uh, and allow people to like brand it themselves. So people could look awesome picking up litter walking down the street and you could from the app adjust the lighting and, and all that stuff we actually uh it ended up a lot more people ended up coming up to us and uh asking us what we're doing and joining rubbish in fact that's actually how we got our first investor uh was picking up litter uh, at, at dusk when the beam yeah. is really stunning <laughs> so 
I'm curious, like, you, it's so interesting. Can anybody use, like, does anyone join Rubbish and start picking up litter? Do they need one of these tools? I guess, how can someone, like, how does someone decide to join? Is it like a paid membership? If I wanted to join, you know, how could I do that? It's just, it's such a cool, and that's why I wanted you on the podcast. Like, it's a very unique thing. So h- how does someone get started and join? There's a couple of ways. Uh, we encourage everyone to pick up litter. They don't have to use the app. They, they could just do it on their own. But if they wanted to, they could use the app, uh, which is available in the iOS app store. Uh, and that way you can kind of share your progress with other people uh, in the neighborhood, as well as like form a little bit of a community around other people uh, who are doing this awesome thing. Uh, if you want to rubbish bean that hardware, which, which is optional, you could do it without the beam. Uh, you can go on our website and we have a wait list there. Uh, and something that we're... Um, that we're actually gonna be launching in downtown San Francisco soon is um, this ability for uh, anyone in downtown SOMA to report an issue. And we partnered with the SOMA West Business Improvement District that anytime someone reports an issue through these QR codes, the SOMA West Improvement District will come and clean up that issue or address uh, whatever the problem is. So three ways to participate. Yeah, and if, if neither of those work, we're on Instagram and we have a newsletter, so we also encourage people to kind of follow our journey. Uh, Android coming soon. <laughs> yeah, for I see, I it's so funny you say that. I like, there's so many people in the world with an Android. I have an iPhone, um, so I, I don't have issues with getting products early, but it's like one, I wonder what it's like to be an Android user. Always gotta wait for the iPhone to be developed for it. It's just how it goes, you know, it's how it goes. So, I'm I'm curious. This is such a unique type of company. I have to ask, like, what what do what do you both you spend? Um, like, what's an average day for both of you? Like, it's like not like just straight up software shipping code all day, right? It's but it's it's like different. So, like, can you kind of describe what a day in the life is of a co-founder of this company? Oof. Um, there's a lot of coffee involved, um, and. And you're right, it's not, all, it's not all just code and hardware. Um, I think any approach to a common problem or, or a problem from before that takes a new take requires kind of ways of thinking outside the box, which is kind of what we've done the whole time. But I think a lot of us, a lot of our days are like planning, um, but also communication. So right now we're fundraising, so a lot of that is talking to potential investors. But I think for us, whether it's fundraising or a project that we're doing in Soma West or, you know, friends connecting us with people who have similar mindsets of trying to um, think more sustainably impact or environmentally focused. We try to approach like every conversation as a potential to fit into our marketplace because we haven't met a single person who said they love litter, which is uh, interesting and a positive. So we really try to look at, um, look at conversations in a holistic way. How do they fit in and how can people who want to contribute? So for me, a lot of, a lot of the days now are um, definitely like a lot of Zoom calls, a lot of uh, conversations, um, a lot of planning, budgeting, reviewing spreadsheets, where, which is kind of where I, I live a lot of my life. Um, we use Monday for product, like project management. So a lot of that is kind of making sure all of our team knows where they're going and what they're doing. Um, and regrouping just because things move quickly so like in a couple of days things might change so does you know does everyone know what changed uh does everyone have their kind of marching orders and 
then we break. We've been a remote team for a while, but COVID definitely makes it harder to kind of get together and travel. So making sure that everyone is consistently on the same page while we experiment and try new things is, is a lot of the days. Yeah. And to add to what Lane says, like prior to rubbish, I, I was one of those people who was basically never on the phone. I'm like, uh, like mostly uh, head down and code. But um, to speak a little bit more towards what Lane was saying about being on the phone, taking neighborhood meetings, uh, we really have to reach out uh, or spend a lot of time reaching out to local neighborhood organizations like business improvement districts or community benefit districts or neighborhood um, organizations like Russian Hill Neighbors and uh, as well as local government like um, San Francisco's uh, supervisors, um, district of, and the public works department. So it's a lot of uh, getting everyone, all the stakeholders uh, in one room or at least uh, on the same page about, you know, how we can solve this problem. And there's a lot of people, uh, once you involve like a couple of blocks of a community, like there's a lot of people who, uh, who want to have a voice at the table. And once you like, you're with doing these different activities, um, you know, spending your time on them, if you were to keep doing them, you know, for the next decade or so, if you build a big company, I'm curious, like, what, what could rubbish look like in a decade or two? Or I guess in other words, like, what's the big vision for rubbish and what direction are you rowing in? Yeah, in the end, we want everyone uh, to love where they live. Uh, we want to create an ecosystem where, where neighbors can uh, support each other uh, and improve the community uh, together. So ultimately, we're envisioning like people wanting to live in these like rubbish neighborhoods where you could sponsor local cleanups and kind of support each other in uh, fixing these uh, community issues. So ideally, a rubbish neighborhood would be clean, healthy, uh, and have equitable access to services. I think that's a big point um, that your neighborhood doesn't get overlooked by the city or uh, other neighborhood agencies. And to make that happen, you'll need some help, right? Like you'll need some employees. You might want some more investors if, if you want. You'll obviously need people picking up litter and, you know, users of rubbish. But what I can say is you'll definitely need help from the forward-thinking founders community. So for my last question for you is how can the forward-thinking founders community help? Are you looking for more users, looking for investors, you know, potential employees, business partnerships with cities? How can we be of assistance? Sure. Um, so we are currently fundraising. So if anyone in the, the forward thinking founders community um, is interested in what we're doing, definitely reach out to us. I'm sure they could find us through your site. Um, but if everyone else, we would love them to download the app, audit your block, just so you know what you're dealing with and, and clean it up um, and then share your impact, encourage others to do the same. And just as a reminder, if someone wanted to get in touch or find you online, um, you know, what's your, what's your URL? Uh, you know, are you on Twitter, LinkedIn? Um, uh, you know, can they email you? How can people get in touch? Sure. So they can email us anytime, all the time at hello at rubbish.love. Our website is www.rubbish.love. We are on Twitter um, and Instagram and Facebook, um, so you can find us on all of those in some combination of rubbish.love. Yep, and nope. our app is available in the iOS app store, um, also rubbish, just rubbish. Uh, if you need more, it's like rubbish, love where you live. And soon, uh, we'll be in downtown Soma West, so you'll see our kind of QR codes um, uh, all over downtown San Francisco. And you won't even need an app to part, uh, to use those, you could just scan it and go. 
Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Great. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the episode of Forward Thinking Founders. If you're sitting there and you're just saying, Matt, I want more. How can I get more? Well, luckily, you can get it at Forward Thinking City. Forward Thinking City is a community for the Forward Thinking Network, right? And we have multiple different aspects of the city. One, we have AMAs. Some of the previous guests that have been on the podcast, like Jonathan Barkle, Kristen Anderson, Austin Allred, come back and they do AMAs with the residents. You can ask them any question that you want, right? You can ask them about fundraising the early days how they got their customers we do these every single week with another you know really great founder that has been on the podcast additionally um, we have our pitch battles right so if you want feedback on your pitch and the opportunity to potentially pitch in front of VCs and talk one-on-one with venture capitalists this is where to do it these are monthly pitch battles so if you don't get in the first time try again right the goal is to improve and get feedback to eventually one, raise, uh, get, get into the room with the VCs. Two, raise capital. Three, so you can get back to your company and building a great startup, building a great business. The last thing I'll mention is that if you are kind of interested in just community, we have our coffee hours and happy hours where you can meet other residents, learn about what they're working on, talk about social things, anything you want. This is a city for founders. It is for investors. It is for startup enthusiasts. It's for anyone that loves startups. So if you're interested in what I'm saying, Go to forwardthinking.city and join the city for $15 a month. Um, you know, the way the reason I charge is because I want to be able to do this full time and bring as much value as I possibly can. And I think it's well worth the value. You can ask any of the current residents and they will attest to that. So go to forwardthinking.city, join the city, and you'll see immediately the, the next AMA, the next pitch battle, the next event. And I hope to see you there. Forwardthinking.city. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.